In our culture, we learn through stories. But what if the stories we hear don't match the reality of life? What if the stories we hear every day that tell us how to write the narrative of our lives actually lead us to a false narrative? My name is Tim Kroll, and on this podcast, you will hear real stories. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Real people sharing the hard times, the bends in the roads along life's journey. If you're ready to join a community of other real people who are writing the narrative of their lives, then go to narrative.live and join the community. Now let's dive into today's show. All right, welcome back again. I mean, I say this every time, but again, we have another incredible story. Evan is with us today. And Evan and I, we met through networking, which is really a powerful way to meet new individuals. Frankly, Evan and I haven't known each other that long, but our very first networking call, I just felt like he was a brother from another mother. <laughs> I mean, like it was really an awesome call. We had such a great time. And I was just like, you know what, Evan, I, I'd love to be able to get you on here for this podcast, for this story. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. I'm sure the audience is going to be just astounded by your wisdom. <laughs> Maybe I'm selling too much. I don't know. But thank you, Evan. For Thank you so much for being here. Right. Listen, I'm grateful for you having me on here. Well, thanks. Right. So if you guys could see, I know most people are listening in the back. He's got a little Yoda and anybody that is a Star Wars fan is good in my book. I mean, like, because you got a little Yoda there and I see that up on the bookshelf. And I think that's the coolest thing. Plus, the entire bookshelf is lined with almost every book that I've read as well. So, I, again, a lot of kinship here. So, I'm, like I said, I'm really, really excited about it. And as usual, we're going to jump into this. We're going to segment it out into 10 minute sections. And so we're going to get started. We want to hear about how you lived your life and what beliefs were formed as a child that, you know what, when you step into adulthood, this is what I'm going to do. And this is the way that you believe. So tell us a little bit about your past, your history, and give us kind of the insight look of Evan before he entered into the adult life of way he was going to live. Sure. The beliefs that you have there. So, so interestingly enough, you know, what I do for a living is what I've done for myself. So I don't, I practice what I preach. I've gone through transformation in my life, just like uh, I asked my clients to. And as a health, wellness, and mindset coach, it's necessary for people to to be able to do that, to become who they want to be, to be strong using growth mindset and just keeping your commitments aligned with that, that, what I would call true north, that compass, Mm -hmm. and then being grateful. So where, where did that all, where's the origin story? Yeah, that's what we're asking for. <laughs> yeah. So it, going back when I was a kid, I was a very sickly kid, plus uh, blind in one eye. No, no pity party here, but I. No, but I, this is the real story. Yeah. So, yeah, no pity party because we've right. had several people on with different challenges, whether it's a mental challenge or a physical disability. So there is no pity party, but this okay. helps us get through. So I'm glad yeah. you're going down this road. The first year of my life, I had every childhood disease, including being in an oxygen tent. My parents, no, no, I don't know this. They told me that they had to stay awake each night to make sure I was breathing. Mm. Um, and little did I know that it was because of allergies. The house that my ha- parents were building wasn't done yet. We were living in a house with mold. And that's what I was allergic to. Lo and behold, they thought I was going to die. I stopped breathing a couple of times, but I survived. Thank goodness. And then as soon as we moved, I was okay, Mm. but I never thrived. I was always a sickly kid. And growing up, besides that, I I was a a kid that also had a big heart. And 
being blind in one eye, not getting picked for any of the sports teams, you know, it was always the last one picked and not being in shape, being heavy. And then my nickname becoming heavy, heavy. It was a tough childhood. I didn't live what I would call a joyful life that way when I was young in school, but I did learn to love nature and I loved to garden. And that's where I found my joy. It also as an artist, I, I took my art out by gardening. I, I used to love that. And I had some really great mentors when I was younger, but my one of my greatest mentors I met in my darkest days when somebody who I truly loved and looked up to is my grandmother and she passed. And I just, I didn't want to really believe in God anymore because I was learning also about the, the horrors of the Holocaust and not understanding how could God allow something like that to happen. I was challenging my, my rabbi and temple. Like, if we're the chosen people, why is everybody in the congregation white? What happened to all the, the black, brown, yellow, all the other colors out there? It doesn't make any sense to me. And with that, I met somebody who I call, I would call her my spiritual mother. And she introduced me to a faith that opened my eyes and gave me what I needed to find the hope and the true deeper meaning in life. And that to me, it was the Baha'i faith, but regardless, no matter what faith it is, finding faith, I think is more important, really connected me with something that I'd never known before. And it, I, I then started on the path towards taking better care of myself. I looked in the mirror and I, I said, no one's going to do this but you. So I started to eat healthier and exercise. And I went through this transformation. Let's hold on oh, to transformation. Because oh. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, I love where this is going, but let's just dig into a little piece of this because I, I love what you're talking about. Because you you talked about a lot of challenges that you, that you dealt with as a child stepping into this. Uh, and what I'm curious to hear is what did you cement because of what you had to go through, what did you cement to be true about life based on your path? Like what growing up as a, here's what happens is we look at our lives through that lens as a child. And we think that everybody is just like us. And so what, what beliefs did you find that you have now basically stepped into the adult life of what those, do you know what I mean by what I'm asking there? It's like, what? Yeah, no, I, I have an understanding, but I can't tell you that I understood it then. But because this woman, her name was Mary Tomanio, Dr. Tomanio, looked at me through all that, the layers, the identities that I had created and protect myself. She saw that true noble self that we're all born as. And she nurtured that. And what it taught me was, is that I'm lovable. And part of that was all about just being able to peel back those layers, the layers that I created to, right. to allow myself to survive. And at the time, now looking back as an adult, I can say this, but back then I didn't know it, but she tapped into it and she gave me the tools to develop that. I think you, that you're touching on a challenge that I see rampant in the United States even today is that people look at themselves and whatever challenge that they're going through they don't believe that they're lovable and they don't believe that they are whole as a human. Mm -hmm. That's a significant, like I said, it's a challenge. It's something that is a belief that often stops us. Is that what you're referring to in that, you know, like the layers and things. And then that she was able to look in and see 
hey, there is a noble Evan in here. And she was able to draw that out. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. She saw something in me that I didn't see, just like the other mentors in my life when I was even younger saw. And and that and, and it helped me bloom when I look back at Mrs. Lorian, my fourth grade teacher. She did the same thing. I remember her. I remember her name. I remember the experience of somebody who truly understood me. And, and this person truly understood me and was able to give me the tools to start developing myself, to start loving myself again and, and start not, that's not enough. You have to, that's your private victories. You, you have to do the things you need to do, but then it led to more public victories where I then could make a difference. Like what contribution did I want to make in this world? I didn't know. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Of, and it sounds like that's the catalyst and that's the bend that you experienced. The very first one that really expanded your mind to the point like, hey, I am valuable as a person. I do have qualities that people that I can bring out and I can show people like talk to me a little bit about that part of the journey or that bend that was going on and whether that was inspired by your mentor or if that was something else that was internal. Like talk to me a little bit about that that part of the journey. How do you get yourself out from, and if somebody's listening, this is the question, somebody's listening and saying, look, I have been bullied or I have been mistreated or, and I don't see myself as lovable and I don't have any value. How does somebody like that be able to make that transition and pretty much go through some of the same processes maybe that you went through? How do they get started with that? And that's what we're, we really want to dive into that. That's a great question. And it's the process of what I do with my clients. It's what I did was, as I learned to start making deposits and things other than my, my bank account, right? You know, everybody goes to work, they get a check, they want to put money in the bank, you get dividends, right? The whole idea is why do we do it? For freedom, not to buy things, but for the freedom that it instills. Well, if you make deposits in your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bank accounts, you start building dividends. And that builds what I like to call, I labeled this something many years ago, about 30 years ago, the attitude muscle. Uh. As I developed my attitude muscle, I was able to, to make my commitments greater than my compulsions to eat or my compulsions to just sit and not do anything or my compulsions to listen to the inner critic that's in my head, whispering lies to my ear that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not good looking enough. You're, you know, all those things. And uh, most times though, people don't believe it, especially when you're in that hole that you fall into. It's like walking down a street and there's a hole in the sidewalk and you fall in and you blame everybody but yourself. And it takes you a long time to get out. But eventually you get out and then you realize as you're walking down that same street, you see the hole. And this time you see it, you still fall in. It's not your fault. It takes you a real long time to get out, right? Well, now you get out and you're still walking down that street. Now you fall in the hole. You know that it's your fault. It's a habit. You get yourself out pretty quickly. And then what do you do? You start walking down the street and you see the hole. This time you walk around it. But the last time you walk, you keep walking. Now you decide to walk down another road. And that's the process of what I went through. To make a long story short, right? I know, then, I know. It sounds like there's so much in there that I would love to uncover. But again, we've only got a few minutes to start to tell the story. Right. I hear you. I hear you. Keep going, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, it, you know, taking that other road, it's a process. We are our drivers. We are. We have to be in the driver's seat, right? We're in our cars driving in life. We're all driving. 
towards the edge of a cliff. But the thing is, we're all going over the cliff. What I've found in life is to stop, take my foot off the gas and really start enjoying the ride and embracing. That's where gratitude comes in, embracing how grateful I am for every day that I have, for all the relationships that I have, for the life that I was given, and for all the people that I can you know, help. And I think that that to me is probably the most powerful, the most powerful lesson that I learned in life. It's about service. It's about giving back. It's you can't not be happy with things. Yeah. Happiness is transactional in my book. True joy comes from helping others. And that's really what life's all about. Well, no, I, I completely agree. Talk to me about that situation when the mentor entered into your life. Because it sounds like that was the the biggest catalyst that started you on this journey of gratefulness and really adjusting, like you said, your attitude muscle. What was that like the first time that she spoke kindness into your life? And what was that like the first time that she said, hey, I see Noble Evan in there. I want to draw Noble Evan out. Like how, what was that action like? Well, it, it was gradual. So she ended up doing a presentation at our temple. A Jewish temple had a presentation on the Baha'i faith. And as she's presenting on it, because it's based in Haifa, I'm, I'm listening to her and I'm like, well, that's what I believe. But I've never been able to find anybody else that believes the way I do and ever, you know, nobody that conveyed it. And then having the opportunity, because I was a sickly kid, she was a doctor. She took care of me as a chiropractor. I would go there on a regular basis and she would ask questions and I'd talk and we talk this, you know, the challenges that I was having out. And she teach me a little bit, not knowing, of course, you know, you're not knowing she was mentoring me. And what ended up happening is it just nurtured me, gave me that opportunity to understand there was a different way to live a life than to just be in this. I was in a clamshell, literally like clammed up and she mm. just, she helped me blossom, open up and blossom. And I can't, it's not like, you know, a lot of people like to think that it's, and they always look for this, this huge, big paradigm shift that happens. And it can for people in their lives. But I think it's the ordinary, everyday, day in, day out commitment to change that people underestimate how powerful that is in creating extraordinary change. And that's really what she did. It wasn't like it was an epiphany. Although it was planted, the seed was planted strongly at that time and letting me understand, well, there is a different way to look at life. And there, it, it, the, the, the focus is on service. That is the basis of the faith is service first, worship and service, which I think is amazing. It's great. And it will, and it is also based on unity. The whole world has a plan to be unified. Well, that's something that's completely a paradigm shift from anything that's out there today, especially what you're seeing. So I'm planting those seeds. I didn't know any of this when I was, I was like, what, 11, nine years old, 10 years old. I didn't understand what I was being exposed to. But as I grow older and as I look back, those seeds were planted and then were nurtured. And then the seedling, you know, as a seedling grew, wasn't strong enough, but it was developed. And I had a really long relationship with her. I mean, she didn't pass until I was probably in my 20s. And it was a, a, a an incredible transformation that happened over, I'd say, at least 10 years, if not 15. Mm, that's incredible. So if you were to, uh, let's go into the actual, the way that you live your life, because it sounds like 
she was very influential in your core values and the mission and the purpose that you've established now for your life. So as you step into, I mean, obviously you're a coach and you draw out greatness from others. I mean, that that is as obvious as the day is long. When was the epiphany that, hey, these are the values that I'm going to live by? She was nurturing those values, but then there had to become some kind of an awareness or some kind of a time when you became an adult and you said, I want to embrace those as my values. I want them to be the way that I'm living my life. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and how you live your life now? Well, there was a period of time that things were not going as I liked in my life. And I had just kind of like fallen off following any of that. I was in college and then I got out of college and it was, I was doing the things that I wanted to do. I was, now I graduated. I was in my master's program. I was working, but I wanted certain things to happen. And I, I decided at that time, I'm going to go all in instead of just, you know, put my foot in or going an inch deep. I went like a mile deep and amazing things started to happen in my life. I met my wife, I started my private practice. We bought a house. You know, we got married, bought a house. All those things that I wanted in my life, it wasn't like it just happened, happened, but it was it was a and a commitment to living through that process. And I now I've taken it to a much higher level where now it's just a matter of how do I take and give back because I really have lived a blessed life. I'm very happy and blessed with what I've been able to accomplish in this life, but I have so much more to give. There's so much more contribution to to give. Now it's a matter of how do I make that happen? And it's a matter of just staying true to what I learned back then. And that was the, that's the, it's not like, you know, everybody thinks there's like a magic pill out there or somebody will put it up on the internet, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. It's like, you just do this or, you know, follow this. I'm a coach for coaches. It's not, there's no secret to being true to yourself. There's no secret to being honest and being committed. There's no secret to waking up every day and being grateful. Right. That that's something though that a lot of people don't do. So many people today just wake up and they wing it. 75% of people in business just are in business to show up to get the paycheck, you know, to have jobs. And to me, that's not a way of living. So if you're blindly imitating what you're doing yesterday and the day before and the day before that, I like to ex- use that example because it doesn't work. It's it's like taking a piece of paper that you that was valuable right remember when we used to have a xerox machine we'd copy everything and we'd copy the copy because we lost the original well when you make a copy of a copy and then you make a copy of a copy what happens you start to see things that don't exist that weren't there to begin with remnants show up and then all of a sudden the words aren't clear and before you know it that or that original is completely corrupt and that's kind of like how I work with my clients. I keep to the source of the original and I keep them honest and true to it. And we go deeper. We find the deeper meaning of what, it's not a diet. It's not, I'm a health, wellness and mindset coach. So it's not about dieting. It's the underlying issues. It's what's important to you. What's your why? What are you doing that's effective, but versus what are you doing that's self-defeating? And why are you doing those self-defeating things? When you know, I had a guy yesterday I talked to, he's like, 
I know that this is not right for me, but I'm still doing it. And yeah. he, he does, he's literally that honest, which means it's about self-awareness. And that that's an important- That whole that you were talking about. Exactly. Back in- <laughs> exactly. And that that's really, when you have that self-awareness though, that changes everything. Yeah. Because that's the old sun, the eyes open up, right? And now you can't not look at that hole and say, oh, I didn't see it. You saw it. so what are the values what are the beliefs what is your narrative right now i've heard a couple of things and i'm just going to try to draw this out but you correct me please one is you said it's gratefulness it's a matter of making sure that you stay in a grateful spirit two you also brought up the fact of being of service to others and helping others and those were two of the primary topics that you spoke about but what are what's that if you were to say hey this is the story of my life what would you want somebody to hear about how you're living your life today? This is how you would define your story. Oh, I mean, to me, it's about, it's not about what happens to you because the, everybody has different adversities. What I've learned in life is that no matter what comes my way, no matter what, it's either a gift or it's an opportunity. I choose to look at it as a, a gift. This came my way as a gift. And I th- and I'm gr- grateful. Or it came to me as an opportunity to change or see it differently, and that to me is what I try to help my clients do. And that would be the thing that, rather than be reactive, it's it's looking at life through that lens. Really has changed my life. That is a huge, huge narrative shift. I don't know if you realize how in depth that is, but that's really, really off. I, how many people live their lives looking at things that come their way either as a victim? or as a curse, or as, I mean, there's about 20 other different definitions we can give to that. But when you say, I am going to choose to follow a narrative, a true narrative of this is an opportunity or a gift, great, great things can change. And is that what you're saying? I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's what I'm interpreting. You know, it's not like I came up with it. It's like, I I learned this through hard knocks, right? Life. (laughs) <laughs> you learn it that way. And isn't it a lot easier than thinking like what when I worry about something, and that means I'm in the fear state because of I'm afraid of what might happen. That means I'm future-based. I'm thinking about the future. Or if I'm constantly ruminating, ah, oh, I made that mistake. Oh man, I can't believe I did that. You're you're ruminating in the past, right? What does gratitude do? Gratitude puts you in the precious present. So when I realize that the, I create pattern interrupts for myself, which I teach my clients too, but those pattern interrupts will keep you in the precious present. And then, you know, focusing on that gratitude, it, it makes perfect sense. It's not, it doesn't sound easy to do, but it is. It's a simple thing to do and it is easy to do. But in the beginning, how many times a day do you hear that inner critic yelling at you? You're not smart enough. You'd made a mistake. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. Uh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to change. You're constantly hearing. You're not that voice, though. We are not our thoughts. We're not our feelings. We're that in a space between. And part of what's so important is to have the self-awareness to connect to yourself. And then once you have that, then you can connect to the source. And then- okay, So if you're listening right now, Rewind the last two minutes and listen to that exact statement all over again. That that last two minutes is going to change your life. If you're listening, take the time, rewind it, listen to the last two minutes all over again. That was absolute mic drop gold. 
perfect. That was, I, man, that was awesome. That was really good stuff right there. <laughs> I just made it up too. No, I mean, I, that's I, I, what we just, do. I don't know where, I don't know where it came from, but it was in there. I know that's what we do though. And, and that's what I love about you, Evan, is the fact that you live out of your heart and it, you live in the moment. And it's when, when there's something that's placed on your heart, it, it's amazing that transparency and the authenticity that shows through, I can see your face, but I mean, we can hear it in your voice. And so let me do this because we're getting here really close to the end. I don't know if you can top that, just to be honest. <laughs> I don't think you can. <laughs> but if there was one thing that you want the audience to take away, the one thing that, hey, if you hear nothing else, hear this, what would that one thing be? Mm. Yeah, you know, that makes it harder now. That no matter what happens in life, if you just focus on the precious present, on what you can do, just one thing. You just focus on that one thing. You say, you know what? I can do this. I can do it with 100% integrity. I can do it with 100% commitment today. And just do that. Do your best, regardless of what's happening. I promise that you will feel better the next day and that you just wake up and do the same thing. What can I do today? Because making that commitment and keeping it, that makes you feel confident. It gives you capability and that leads to more commitment. You just have to have the courage to say, I'm going to keep to this commitment. Even if it's just like making your bed, if it's getting up at the same time every day, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's saying your prayers or if it's drinking water or making that extra phone call at work, it's just amazing what just one commitment. If you make that to you and you're doing it for private victory, nobody else in the room, it's just you and yourself. And that to me builds, that's what character is all about. It's when nobody else is watching. It's what do you do? It's the hardest thing to do too. Oh, and stay consistent with it. I mean, we didn't really talk much about consistency, but I'm sure you do talk a lot about consistency. All right. So you forgot about it. We What's did that? mention, we did. I mentioned it's the day in, day out. We get right. out the things that we do, the small things that we do every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, Evan, I know you have pro attitudes, but how would they be able to get in contact with you? What's the best way to get in contact, um, email, socials, websites? You let, let us know. Well, I'm going to give you a link. I, I don't know whether to put it in the chat or whether you just want me to we'll say put it, it in the notes here. So go ahead and spell it out. Uh, but we'll definitely put it in the notes for people that they can go back and they can actually find it. So it's ProAttitudes with an asset. It's one word, ProAttitudes.com forward slash follow. It's my link tree. It has everything there, including Perfect. my gift for people listening. There is a they schedule a complimentary visit with me, as well as I have a, a health wellness what I would call um, a lifestyle challenge assessment that they can take. That's the link is there for them too. And all my channels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I'm on it all LinkedIn. Wherever you are. <laughs> and I'm giving a daily dose of this right on all of those platforms. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing the story. Bigger thank you is the fact of you being authentic in your conversation and in your story and being transparent with us and, Man, I I truly, truly hope, and I have to say this every time, if something was said today that you heard, make sure that you either contact Evan, you contact myself, 
let us know that, that you made a change. Let us know that this impacted you because that's really, truly what fulfills both myself. And that's why I invited Evan on because I know it fulfills him as well. But reach out to us. Let us know that you heard. Let us know that you made a change. Let us know that there was an impact in your life. But until next time, we appreciate you guys. Love to have you again. Make sure that we you follow us. Make sure you check out the other stories. But until next time, we'll see you guys. Thanks again. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate you being here. Grateful. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the author of your story? Take the next step now at www.narrative.live and enter your details to connect with a community of others just like you that are tired of living under the false narrative. Finding your true story and writing your narrative, it will give you clarity, freedom of your day, and it just might change your life forever.